Hello, welcome to What's Next, Porto Business School podcast on innovation. Today we have the pleasure to host on our show Mark Kikas, a dear friend of this school, uh, coming from Estonia, the creator of the customer-centric business design methodology, a corporate uh, uh, innovator, uh, a serial entrepreneur in his 20s, Mart founded many, many companies uh, in Estonia, um, even though he came from a background in sociology, he fast became, fast beca became um, a business person with an MBA from Norwegian Business School and, uh, and, and with, a, with a specific and very clear focus on, on innovation at many different levels and in many, many different layers. Mark Kikas is very well known for his customer-centric business design methodology. And, 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 but Mark, welcome to the show. Thank you so much uh, for being with us. It's a pleasure. Uh, before we, we, we get go deep into the customer-centric business design methodology, um, you were managing innovation. You were doing innovation. You were managing. You were founding startups. You were bec you became also a, a business executive in in, in, in in big corporations, and you were dealing with innovation in your in your day-to-day -day life. And then, at, at one moment, you felt it was the way you were doing things was not responding. Uh, exactly, or, or, or as you wanted to, uh, uh, the new challenges, the new challenges, and the new opportunities. What was missing at that moment when you, or wh when was it that you felt that something was missing, and what was missing? Yeah, when I was founding my own companies, I dealt with innovation, of course. But when you do it kind of alone and then hire some people, and it's all small, then uh, it's all there. You just do it. Uh, but then in the corporate, it becomes much bigger and bigger. More resources, more people, and then you cannot do it all alone. You need to start delegating. You need to start managing teams and coordinating and all, all that. And then I was very entrepreneurial, what's called entrepreneur these days, uh, at the corporate. I launched several new business lines. But then I need to engage people in teams and guide those teams. And what was missing was the methodology about guiding the teams. What is step one? Once you have an idea, what's what you do on Monday? What you do on Tuesday? What you do next week? When and on what criteria you decide to proceed with it or cancel it? Give more funds, give less funds, refocus the idea, what? So what was missing was everything but the gut feeling, this is the right thing to do. And many people have those gut feelings, but when you're working high at the corporate, you cannot run the new innovation initiatives on the gut feeling alone. You need to have some solid methodology supporting it, and what was missing was exactly this kind of methodology. But you have uh, uh, lots of methodologies coming up, uh, from Steve Blank, from Osterwalder. Um, they, started, you know, they started responding to that by creating frameworks, creating methodologies that are today commonly used. Didn't you feel they were uh, good enough? Exactly. Uh, I felt this need uh, several years before Osterwald's book on Bismuth Canvas came out, 2010. I, I think uh, it was when I started dealing with those challenges was 2007, 8, 9. And then, of course, I heard, even before the book came out, Osterwald's Bismuth Canvas book, uh, him speaking at one conference. It was 2010, uh, I think in yeah, early 2010. 
And then well, I was very excited about Business Canvas. And I presented at the management team uh, forum uh, this Canvas and actually started implementing this in our day to day business as well. But that was, yeah, kind of two, three years after I felt this need and I tried to implement it. And then uh, a year later, uh, Lean Startup came out. And of course, but the thing is that my kind of need and my thinking started before those answers started uh, coming. But then Business Model Canvas is a good tool for a snapshot and uh, uh, kind of modeling uh, where you want to go. But you mentioned Lean Startup and Steve Blank, and that's very good because uh, Steve Blank has uh, said several times, startup is not a small version of a big corporate or not a small version of an existing business. They are kind of conceptually different things. And his methodology as well as Lean Startup were originally made for startups and were not really suitable at least implementing one-to-one -one in a big corporate. It's only now, kind of almost 10 years later, when uh, those have become kind of, let's say, understood and implemented ways to do things in corporates as well. It, it took many years. So when you mentioned this situation, it was 10 years ago. Yeah. But yeah, what was missing was a methodology. What, what is step one, what is step two, how you decide, on which criteria, when you cancel, when you promote further. And this is especially crucial for managers. And, and, and your methodology, the customer-centric business, business design, is, is heavily influenced on one hand by your, um, your experience and the fact that you needed something useful, something that would be more effective uh, in, 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 in developing uh, your business, uh, your, your work, your business and the innovations inside your business. Uh, but it also uh, builds on, uh, I would say, um, let's, let, 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 let's not call it a trend, let's call it a, 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 a group of uh, theoretical and practical approaches that are commonly called human-centered. Um, but first and foremost, how would you describe customer-centric business design as a methodology. What is the, where are the key points? What are the main, uh, the, the why and the how and the what? Yeah, uh, this user or human-centered uh, approach, of course, uh, is uh, well-known now and uh, much used. It wasn't so well-known and much used 10 years ago, but uh, now it is. But then what I really did in retrospective, because I didn't know the term uh, design thinking exactly. back in 2010. I didn't know the term business model even back then. What, but what I did in retrospective, I combined or married, if you will, uh, design thinking and business modeling. Design thinking as a way of doing things and business modeling as a way of thinking about things, specifically business. And by business, I mean, of course, what is business is selling products and services. But business is not product and service alone. Business is a whole system around product and service that makes company earn money. So by business design, I mean designing a business that includes product and service, but then enables companies to generate revenues. So combining those two things, I got to my methodology. And uh, yeah, why it's useful. First, why it was useful for me. Yes, I was starting 
doing this in corporate environment, but I left the corporate in 2011 and I turned into uh, helping companies to do their innovation projects as kind of coach, mentor, uh, sometimes consultant. And second, I started teaching. I started teaching uh, my students in uh, subjects related to innovation, but those students were not bachelors, they were already masters and the postgraduates who were dealing with innovation day to day. So uh, that was the, the thing. And uh, this really gives you the essence. This is suitable for doing things, but also educating the doers. So it has a dual aspect or dual soul, if you will, this methodology. It's suitable for both teaching the innovators and also guiding the innovators on their way from initial business idea until investable new product service, innovative one on the market. So. Yeah, if if you for for uh, to, to help our our audience to understand, what would be the main steps of the customer-centric business uh, design methodology? Yeah, and uh, as I mentioned, there's a way, there's a roadmap from an initial idea until a decision is taken to invest into new product service first, maybe development, and then launch into the market. So in a way, when you think of innovation, it starts with an idea, and it, in a way, innovation ends with a new product service being on the market profitable. That's the end of this. And then company can launch new innovation and, and whatnot. But then what is in between the initial idea and then this investment decision? Because after investment decision until the launch, it's typical procedure. You gear up your production, you gear up your marketing, you launch and uh, and whatnot, and then off you go. But what is in between the idea and investment decision? That is what is encompassed in my methodology and the framework. And there are three main steps. First step is to have a very, you can call it rudimentary, but what is the essence of your future business? Of course, around product and service, which is innovative, yes. And this is I call business concept. The term business concept is not too widely known or too much used, and when used in very different contexts. So let's not go into the defining what is the business concept, but there are uh, things what are included in my definition of business concept. That's step number one. And then at the end of this step, there are decision criteria. Two criteria according to which you decide is this business concept good enough to be developed further or not good enough to be developed more and then decided again upon? Or no, it's not really going to work. Let's kill this and move to the next project. So that's step number one, business concept. Step number two is a business model. Then again, business model has, as a term had its roots in 1950s, I guess, in academic literature and was made more famous for non-academic missions in the business world by Osterwalder in his Business Model Canvas book. But then, and there are very different definitions of what is a business model and what are the components and, and whatnot. I have developed my own conceptualization of business model and its components, but then this is this step number two. But it includes step number one. You cannot have a business model without the concept inside it. And then once this business model is developed by innovators or entrepreneurs in the company, there are also two decision criteria for the managers. And those are different from the first one, based upon which they can decide, move forward, go back, redevelop, 
or no? Not for us, not today, uh, what not? Let's kill it, let's uh, move to that. And then the third one is that step called business plan. Again, what is a business plan? Of course, much older term than this model, but still there are several different, let's call them uh, table of contents of business plan. What is a business plan? For me, business plan is an implementation plan of a business model. You shouldn't implement anything, especially in corporate environment, without having a plan of implementation. Who does what, when, and how much it costs? Without this kind of implementation plan, you should not do anything. So for me, this step number three is business plan, which really is implementation plan of this approved business model to make it happen in, in real life. And again, there, there are two criteria upon which this business plan should be assessed, which are different from, from before. And of course, business plan includes the business model, which includes the business concept. And then when this is decided upon, Again, it can be said, it's good enough. Let's send it to decision committee that approves the investment into it, or, or doesn't approve. Maybe, what, maybe for different reasons, they, they don't have the money or whatnot, but it's, it's good enough to send uh, further. Second, not good enough yet. Let's rework something and then uh, bring up for decision again, or kill again. So three steps on the roadmap, each have different contents, but of course, uh, they, the next step or next level builds upon the uh, former steps or, or levels. That, that's basically the methodology. And what is unique as well is that uh, in this methodology, you have two different, let's say, two different tracks or levels around the same road. Because managers also go on that road, but do different things and have different tasks and responsibilities than the innovators. So this uh, methodology has both tracks for managers and innovators, and it has a specific tool set. One tool set is uh, for both managers and innovators, and they share the tool set. That's kind of the common language, but that is a specific set for innovators. That's much uh, more rich uh, set of tools. Uh, for instance, customer persona is one of the tools. I haven't invented all the tools myself, Customer persona, day in a life, all those are kind of commonly used tools. So this is essentially what it is. It's a methodology or framework that allows corporate people, being both managers and innovators, to step along the road from initial innovation idea until the investment decision into this innovation idea and do their jobs. Managers kind of leading and deciding job and innovators developing this innovation uh, further. And when they stick, stick to this methodology, it kind of leads to the outcomes. And it allows for, um, let's call it uh, empirically sound uh, investment decision or proven, and not proven in the head, uh, somebody hallucinating, but uh, proven on the marketplace, proven on real customers. And that's where we come to the customer centric. That was my question. Yeah, exactly. How would you like the customer centricity? Yeah, e exactly, exactly. The whole thing in the very core, in the very business concept, everything is built around the customer. And then why I say customer, and you have said user or human, because in some businesses, customers and users are different personas. In many consumer businesses, uh, customer and, and user are the same. 
But in very many other businesses, especially in B2B, customer and user are not the same people. So I'm not trying to replace human-centric product design or human-centric service design or user-centric uh, service design, user-centric product design. I'm supplementing this with customer-centric business design. And as I mentioned uh, in the beginning, product and service is different from business. Business includes products and services, but has something else there as well. So in a way, I am augmenting product service design, which should be user-centric by nature, of course. That's my true belief. I'm augmenting this into business design, which should be customer-centric then. Customer centricity has been a buzzword. Uh, you see many, many companies uh, claiming that they are or becoming or that they have always been um, customer centric. Uh, but uh, very often you, see, you, you hear the words, but you don't see the, the, the walk, you know. Uh, if, what are the common mistakes? Uh, listening to the customer uh, is not the only thing about the customer centricity uh, uh, nature of, of, of a business uh, of, of, or, or, or the innovation and practice. Um, what are the common mistakes or what are the common flaws um, that you've been uh, seeing out there on companies that are claiming to be customer centric and, and they only do parts uh, of a customer cent uh, centricity uh, approach? What are the most common uh, mistakes or, 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 or uh, processes that you've been seeing it out there? That's very similar to what happens with innovation. It's a buzzword. Most companies claim to do something. In reality, not really. That's the same with the customer centricity. A lot of companies claim, as you say, and How I can you totally identify a true customer centric uh, strategy in a, in, in a company? Uh, in, a, in a way, from the outside, it's very difficult to identify. But when you go in and you ask people, you ask innovators, you ask the managers, when somebody comes with an idea for a new product or service or, or whatnot, what are the first questions? You very often ask the first question, what is ROI, return on investment? Come on, how can you ask this question in the very beginning from an idea? Who knows, nobody knows. If the first question is, who is the customer? And what is the customer need? Then you are talking about customer centricity or user centricity when you are developing for users. And that is the kind of, uh, <laughs> that is the, uh, the way to understand it's what a, is really happening. It's a cultural thing also, isn't it? It's about uh, what, pops it, what pops up into an executive mind in the beginning. Is it about the process? Is it about the profit? Is it about the ROI? Or is it about the customer's needs, the customer's ambitions? Uh, so in, in a sense, uh, uh, it is a, 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 a thing that should be dealt at organizational cultural level also, don't you think? Of course, naturally. Of course, uh, It's about mindset. Yeah, yeah. And way of thinking. Yeah, exactly. And as you said, I have the very kind of uh, traditional MBA. Uh, I know everything about how managers should, what they should know and then the, how they should behave. And I've been corporate manager myself for like 11 years. And uh, here, of course, the first question for the manager should be, show me the money. Sure. But the question is, 
Should this manager ask this question aloud from an early stage innovative idea and the owner of the idea or the team that comes up with the idea? I'm saying no. I'm saying the manager should ask different questions, being who is the customer and what's the customer need you are trying to uh, address with this new innovation idea. Of course, having money in mind and the uh, stage number three in my methodology, that, that's all about money. But stage number one, you have some elements of money there, but it's much more about what is the need and how we can satisfy the need. Because if you don't address customer's need with something that satisfies that need or problem that solves that problem, you don't have anything to earn money from. Because customer's willingness to pay arises only if their problem is solved with your offer or their need is met with your offer. And this offer we typically term or label value proposition. That's the only thing that enables you to generate money in the end. But yeah, the first question being show the money is the wrong one. It should be the last question, third step. First question should be who is the customer and what's the problem? And then the culture, of course. It is both problematic for the managers. They have been trained not to think in those terms at all in the business course. But it's also about product development people. Software engineers, have they been trained to ask about customer needs? Especially software, they have been trained to code what is sent in uh, as whatever, description uh, for coding, lots of pages, waterfall methods, all, all this. We all know what what the software world is uh, like these days. Nothing about uh, those methods anymore. It's everything agile and everything starts with the customer. But traditionally, they have not been trained. So e exactly, this is a cultural thing. It may have some elements where it's recognized in sales and marketing. But there again, it's a corporate thing, silos, sales and marketing with customer knowledge and customer empathy, how often this ends up with the hands of product development people. Not too often. So far, um, you mentioned that uh, in the three steps of your methodology, there's uh, always the moment where decisions have to be made, and um, um, one could argue that customer centricity, customer centricity pr probably hasn't arrived also at the moment of the decision making, because at the decision making, you bring to the table very uh, traditional uh, management KPIs. Uh, and, and, and sometimes and very often innovators and decision makers uh, managers uh, collide because uh, sometimes of the metrics uh, sometimes the metrics that they are evaluating are different uh, and there's not sometimes uh, uh, perhaps even a common language so you, you, you see lots of innovations being killed at the decision making process uh, very often because of lack of understanding from both sides, from the innovator's perspective, but also from the, 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 the manager's perspective, of uh, the true value of innovation, it, the, the true value of the customer centricity nature of the work itself. So uh, I know you have been thinking about this, and by the way, we have a program here with you at, at Porto Business School on, on innovation decision-making, uh, and we do it in CERN, which is, which is cool. Uh, what, what is it? What is there to be improved? What are we missing there in the decision-making process where uh, you know, reality really bites you and um, 
traditional uh, management, traditional KPIs come still come into place. Yeah, and uh, this is exactly why I said there's kind of one set of tools that is common for both managers and innovators, which allows them to speak the same language. And in those tools, there are two kind of basically two uh, parts of content. One content is about the business describing it so that both the innovators and managers understand the proposal the same way. And second part is decision criteria. And then of course, in a way, uh, managers need to let go uh, to ask ROI in the beginning of the process. But also the innovators need to step one step closer to the managers, uh, acknowledging that business decisions need to be made only upon business criteria. Is there a good business case or not? So they need to have something that at least reminds money and profits in their proposal. Because if they don't, there will be this eternal clash between those two things. One wants to uh, have products and services, the other wants money. So this set of common tools allows this to happen because in the in between there is a common criteria. Both innovators need to fill this in with content, real content, tested market, tested hypothesis, tested uh, content that has money in the end. All three steps have two criteria. All criteria have money, even in the very beginning. So I'm saying yes, back to the culture. Product people need to step closer to managers, acknowledge the importance of money. Managers need to step closer to innovators, uh, acknowledging that user centricity has value. But then, yes, this common ground is there for, for them to take, uh, in a way. Um, this podcast is always about the future. And traditionally, I ask uh, my guests the, the, the same kind of questions. Looking into, 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 this, uh, into this future, what do you think is next for customer-centric business design and innovation in, 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 in companies? Uh, I think it's already, in a way, happening with, uh, let's call them the best companies. Is that, uh, first, uh, the bigger the company, the bigger the need to grow, always. Small family companies can survive without growing from generation to generation, it's okay. But the bigger the company, the more they need to grow. The only way to grow in today's world is through innovation. There is no other way, absolutely no other way. And then, uh, how to do that innovation, not to talk about it, how to make this happen, the realization comes now, and I, I see it in, in several countries where, where I work, realization comes now with the best companies that there is no other way to make innovation into growth if innovation is not profitable. And there is only way to make innovation profitable if in the center of all development of that innovation is not the customer. This is the realization. Customer first, innovation second, profits and growth third. There is no other formula. If it doesn't go like this, then it just doesn't happen. You cannot produce new products and services or whatever you, you call them, if you put up innovation as a, as a label there, if it's not satisfying 
some customer's need or solving the problem or 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 uh, addressing somebody's desire a lot of products and services these days address desires don't solve any problems so this is the beginning and in a way the end of all, all this so this, this is going to be next more and more companies will realize this and what's next for you Markikas? <laughs> Tomorrow I'm going to give a, a masterclass uh, here at Porto Business School uh, related to business innovation and this specifically managing uh, innovation. Then, as you mentioned, there will be a, a week-long bootcamp in CERN dedicated to designing upon innovation. And we have uh, made a program together that starts uh, in the winter, uh, six uh, months long, which is really having this my methodology as a as a kind of spine throughout the program and all that and uh, <laughs> I, I keep doing what I have been doing so far for the last I think seven eight eight nine years it depends how you count just that uh, I think now uh, in a way more and more uh, efficiently thank you Markikas um, and thank you to everyone plugging into our show see you next time Thank you.